out of Ephesians chapter 1 here tonight. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 1. If you'd like to read, you're sure welcome to do so. We finished out of Galatians, and so now we're moving into Ephesians. And we'll just keep reading as we go through until we finish Revelation. All right, so let's uh, do six verses apiece. Your first, Sister Jessica. First six verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, yeah. according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having pre presented us Predestinated. Predestinated us unto the adaption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. Thank you. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be of the that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen. <clears throat> in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of, the, of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, <clears throat> which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. <clears throat> Wherefore I also, after I heard your, of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God <clears throat> of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints." Okay. 
what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the work working of his mighty power which you wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all amen if you have your bibles tonight turn to ezekiel chapter 16 ezekiel chapter 16 we'll begin reading in verse 1 We'll read down to verse 14 here tonight, and uh, we want to bring a message. I called it, Happy Valentine's from God. Happy Valentine's from God, and I want to say Happy Valentine's to you today, the 14th of February. And uh, we find it to be uh, all over the world today in the way of uh, cards and uh, flowers, uh, remarks, kind gestures. Um, I, I remember in, in school and in junior high things, those little hearts that said, uh, be mine and all that kind of stuff, you know. And um, now it's on chocolates and now it's on a lot of things that you see, pillows and stuff like that. And so uh, I tell you, it don't take much for people to spend money. Yeah. And it don't take much for people to take just an ordinary day like February the 14th and make it into a big day where people get mad if they don't get something. <laughs> All right? Or if they did something, they didn't get what they wanted. Uh, or they didn't get something in return. Uh, it's like a day the devil just has put together so everybody be mad at each other. Because whatever you got probably ain't going to be enough and ain't going to last. And, and uh, tomorrow be just back to the old grind. And, and the day before it didn't mean much of anything. And so, but here with God, I want to uh, read you a passage of Scripture, and I called it the Valentine, Happy Valentine's from God. Uh, I want to say the time of love. We find that phrase in verse 8. You'll see that in just a moment, but let's begin there in verse 1. It says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother was a Hittite. As for thy nativity, in the day when I was born, the navel was not yet cut, was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to supple thee, and was not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pity thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased in waxing great. Thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, thine hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, that thy time was the time of love. That's the phrase that I want to hone in on here tonight. Uh, was the time of love. 
And I spread my skirt over thee, and covered thy neck in the shea. I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then washed I thee with water, and yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee with also with broidered work, and shot thee with badger skins, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and chains on thy neck, and I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thine ears, and beautiful crown upon thy head, and was thou decked with silver and with gold and silver, and thy raiment was fine linen and silk embroidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou wast exceeding beautiful, and thou didst prosper in a kingdom. And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We thank you for the word of God, and we thank you tonight, Lord, that once again we read in the scripture that God loves us, and Lord, that Jesus loves us. And Father, we appreciate that tonight, Lord, to know that, that you do love us. And so I, I thank you for the scripture tonight that reminds us of your love. God, may we leave out of here tonight, Lord, and knowing tonight, God, that uh, if nobody else loves us, we know that God loves us. And God, we, if nobody else shows any love towards us tonight, God has shown his love toward us. And God, we may leave out of here encouraged and, and uh, full of zeal and excitement because of the God of this world, the creator, dear God, of everything loves me, loves us. And Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, that may, ha may somehow you would encourage us tonight through your word and open our eyes and let us see, dear God, the greater love of what man, dear God, gets from God today is better than what man gets from man. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So here tonight, again, I want to bring that message, Happy Valentine's from God. And uh, he says that in verse 8 of the text. He says, uh, the time of love. And it's going to make sense when we go through the scripture tonight and break it down and uh, show you exactly what God is saying unto the Israel. He's what he's saying to us tonight. And uh, what basically I want God tonight to say to us through the word of God is this, is I love you. God loves you. Amen. And so we're going to see tonight how he loved Israel and how he loves us tonight would be the same. We find now tonight as God would give us in chapter 16 of Ezekiel uh, a parable, you would say. Uh, and yet, in a parable, uh, he does explain uh, about how the, the, the Israel came forth. Uh, he uses a mindset of a baby. We see that there in verse 2. He says, thy birth. He talks about there in verse 2, thy father and thy mother. He talks about the nativity, that's your heritage. In verse 4, it says, born. Uh, talks about thy navel was not cut. So we see in terminology tonight that we need to explain is that he's representing Israel at the very beginning as a baby would be. And then he's also in the way of our application tonight as a baby for us when we met God. And in that mindset, let me say number one, how did God 
see you? How did God see Israel? How does God see all of us tonight? We see that in verses 3, verse 6. He says in verse 6, he says, When I passed by thee, I saw thee. I saw thee. And so tonight, my first point is, is how did God see us? When God saw us, when, we, when he uses this terminology as a baby, which means from the beginning, how did he see us? What did he see? And when he saw us, uh, what condition were we in? Well, if you look there in verse 3, we began to, God begins to explain what he saw. He saw, number one, that, that we were born into this world. Being born into this world tonight is where all of us have begun. We all began in the same way. We all began in the same, uh, the same condition, the same situation. He said of Israel, he said that you have been, uh, the birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite and thy mother was a Hittite. Now, if you turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 20, and let's look here for a moment of what a Amorite and a Hittite is so that we can understand what God is saying about this terminology concerning referencing a baby. And so we find in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and in verse 16, the Bible says, But of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breathes. So now God is saying, in the places I'm about to announce, that there should be nobody that breathes in that place when you get done. As you look at it, it says in verse 17, But thou shalt surely destroy them, namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites, Hivites, the Jebusites, as the, God, as the Lord thy God had commanded thee, why? That they teach you not to do all their abominations. So it's telling us that the Amorites and the Hittites and the Canaanites were all about abomination. They were all about the abominations of God. They were all about everything that God's against, they were for. Everything that God is for, they are against. Then it goes on to say in verse 17, it, in verse 18, it says, which they have done unto their gods. So now we find that they're adulterers, that they are ones that worship not God, but they worship gods. And we find tonight that that's what an Amorite is, that's what a Hittite is. He said, as thy Lord thy God hath commanded, commanded thee in verse 17, and then verse 18 says, so should ye sin against the Lord your God. And so what he's saying is this tonight. He's telling the Israelites, as he's telling us tonight, that you were born of this world, and your mother was sinful, and your father was sinful, and your mother was an adulterer, and your father was an adulterer, and your mother was abominable, and your father was abominable, and your mother was wicked, and your father was wicked. And so he's telling Israel, he said, you know where you come from? You came from out of Abraham. Now where did Abraham come from? Abraham came out of the Ur of Chaldees. Now what did the Ur of Chaldees? They worshipped false gods. 
They worship moon god, amen. That's where the moon god came from, was the father of Abraham, Haran, was worshiping the moon god of that day in the Ur of Chaldees. And so it came from the Canaanites. Now where did the Canaanites come from? The Canaanites came from Ham. You know you have from the sons of Noah, you have Ham, Sham, and Japheth. We find that Ham, amen, where Canaanites came forth because they were cursed. And so we find tonight that what God is saying to the Israelites when he says to them that thou was born in the nativity of the Canaanites, he says thy mother was an Amorite and your father was a Hittite, was just saying that your father was a sinner, your mother's a sinner, your grandpa's a sinner, your inheritance was a sinner, all the way up to Abraham was a sinner, and up beyond Abraham unto Noah was a sinner, and beyond Noah was Adam, Adam was a sinner, and he was saying, listen, that's where you're from. You're from a sinner. And so we know that what God saw when he did see them, he said, I saw you and I let you know that you were an adulterer and an abominator and you was a wicked individual. You were sinful. You were undone. You were very ugly. You were very dirty and you were very pitiful. And that's the way you came. That's the way you are. And that's the way I see you here tonight. Because oh, he was telling them, you were born into this world. Look in verses 4 and verse 5. He says, not only were you born into this world, but you're dying in this world. Look at verse 4. And as thy nativity in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut. And he said, what's the navel? Well, it's just like when you're born as a baby, right? They cut the umbilical cord, and then that creates the belly button, amen, for the child. And that was the source and the resource for that baby in the way of feeding and getting taken care of. That's cut. But he's saying uh, that it was not cut. He says, Neither was thou washed in water uh, to supple thee. Thou was not salted at all and swaddled at all. It says, None I pity thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou was cast into the open field to the loathing of the pursing in the day that thou was born. Let me explain what he's trying to say. He's saying, Not only was you born into the world, and your mother and father, and your heritage is just sinful and wicked. He said, but you were dying in the world. And because you were dying in the world uh, was because you were still connected to the world. Because your biblical cord was not cut. The navel was not cut. And what he's saying to Israel is you came out of the Amorites, you came out of the, uh, the Canaanites, you came out of the Hittites, were just wicked, idolatrous, abominable people, but you never cut from them. There's never, been a, there's never been a movement from them. You are of them. You are about them. And today, can I say to you and I, until you get born again, until you get saved by the blood of the Lamb tonight, you're still connected to the world. That's right. And you're dying. Right. And you're dying in the world. And you're dying as a sinner. And you're dying as a wicked. You're dying as one tonight who is connected to the world, who is of the world, who is part of the world, who is from the world. And Fred, all you're going to do is do what the world's going to do. And someday, one day, it's going to burn with fire. Right. And so God is saying to them, you're connected to the world because you're born with thy navel was not cut. And then he said, number two, now you're connected to the world, but you're cared for by the world. Now, how does the world care for his own tonight? 
Well, number one, the caring of the world for their own is uncaring. He goes on and talks about that. He says there in that verse 4, he says, Neither was thou washed in water to supple thee. Now that word, that word not washed, means as you always see a baby, and you got to go from the baby because that's what he's picturing here. When a baby is born... Uh, for you mothers, you know this to be so. For you fathers, uh, you just saw it. You didn't experience it. Amen. And so uh, it's going to be, uh, but for the mothers, or, or well, I could just say, okay, you can tell me if I'm wrong. But the mothers, the baby is born. They cut the umbilical cord. The belly button is now created with that. There's a little clip or whatever, and this falls off, right? Someday, somehow. All right, and then once that baby is born, they take that baby and they wash the baby, right? right? I, I, I mean, from what I saw, whenever my children were born, uh, the baby was taken from the mother and it was immediately, it had all kinds of uh, stuff on the baby. And I don't know what all that would be. There was, there was definitely some blood. There was definitely some other substance on that baby. And what they did with our children was they took the baby immediately. They did the arms. They did the legs. They, they act like it was like a like rubber band doing all that kind of stuff. Shook the baby like that. Uh, they put the baby down like this. I mean, they was not gentle. They was not easy. They were pretty rough with a little baby. I guess it took whatever. And so the next thing they know, the next thing I know, they were washing this baby. Well, what God is saying is, is what I, when I found you, that you were a baby, and that was your mother and father was of the of the Amorites and the Hittites and the Canaanites is where you came from. He said, but you were still connected to the world, but you were dying in the world. And the reason why is because the world was caring for you, and the world did this for you. They didn't wash you off. You were still bloody. Yes, sir. You were still in, in part of all that substance and all that, all that gunk and all that gunk and all that grossness was still on you. Right. Am I right? That's right? I mean, how many moms want to take their baby with all that stuff? And how many dads want to take the baby and get the baby? I remember whenever Kevin and Heather was born that I, I, got, I took them, but uh, you know, not in that condition. They were cleaned up. And so I took him after cleaned up, and there was a, used to be windows. I don't know if it's like that anymore. And you walk out there, and you, you know, and everybody's over there doing all this kind of stuff, you know, and the baby, you know, a boy, a boy, a girl, a girl, a girl. I mean, so all the excitement, everybody's excitement, except the mom. She's still struggling trying to get through this thing. Uh, but watch the baby, right? So God's saying, the cord's not cut you're still connected to the world right. you're not washed you're still dirty like the world mm -hmm. I mean you're filthy I mean you're stinky you're, you're gross Amen. That's right. so he says that's how I found you and then he goes and says this and he said in verse 5 or verse 4 I'm sorry he said uh, to supple thee what does supple mean supple means to inspect and so the word supple means, and so when the doctor pulls that baby out of that, out of that womb of that mother, or if it's a C-section out of the belly of that mother, uh, there's inspection that goes on, right? I mean, is it, does it have two eyes? Does it have five 
five fingers have five toes. It's got a leg. It's got a knee. It's got, I mean, everything going on. And, and you're checking it out and you're inspecting it and making sure that it's breathing right and make sure that everything is working right and everything it seems to be okay and all that. So there's an inspection going on. Well, God said, whenever you, were, when I found you, nobody inspected you. You, <laughs> you know why nobody inspected you? Because nobody cared. You know why nobody washed you? Because nobody cared. You know why nobody cut the biblical cord? Because nobody cared. That's what the world will do for you. And you're dying in the world that don't care. Do you think the world cares for you tonight? They don't care for you. Listen, the world don't care if you don't eat. The world don't care today if you run in front of the street and somebody. The world don't care if you're a drug addict. The world don't care if you're a drunk. The world don't care if you are tonight, if you are a whoremonger. They don't care if you're an abuser. They don't care if you go to jail. They don't care if you go to prison. They don't care if you're married. They don't care if you're unmarried. They don't care if you got money. They don't care if you got clothing. They don't care. That's right. The world, friend, has no caring for you. And then it goes on and says, that it has no wash, has no supple, no inspection. And then he says this in verse, in verse 4. It says, thou was not salted at all. Now what in the world is that? Well, what they did in those days, they took water and they took salt and they rubbed water and salt on the skin of the baby so the baby's skin would become firm. Firm. And so they would do that all the time. And so what God is saying is, is basically you wasn't, the world isn't taking care of you. Right. Then he goes on and talks about the last portion of this, what happens to a baby. He says, uh, there nor swaddled at all. And that word swaddled just means cover. You know how you get that blanket? Uh, there's that blanket in that baby. I, I remember uh, both my kids, Kevin and Heather, whenever that nurse took that blanket, that swaddling blanket, and wrapped that baby with that blanket, it was tight. Yes, it was. I mean, it was wrapped up, buddy. All you could see was a little face like this, man. But they, I mean, there was that. It was like a mummy. I mean, there was no way that that kid was going to move anywhere. I mean, I'm surprised it even had the ability to scream or cry. I mean, and so what God is saying, the swaddling means that you were not covered up. And so God's picture of a baby, if you can picture it tonight, as God was, was passing by, it says in verse 6, He saw you in the world, connected to the world, and nobody caring for you. You were still hooked up with the world. Nobody washed off the blood from you. Nobody, nobody came and put salt on you with water to, to firm up your skin, to get your body in the, right, in the shape that it ought to be. And nobody swaddled you and put you in a cover, put you in a swaddling clothes so that you can be warm right. and protected. Amen. That's what he's saying. Isn't that good? We find tonight as we see that the world in which you were dying in was a world that cared not for you, uncaring. But then I want you to notice they were not only uncaring, but they were unloving. We see in verse 5, the Bible says, when, I, when, I pass, when none I pity thee, in other words, there was nobody interested in you. When I saw you, there was nobody in line saying, I take care of him. Nobody had their hand raised and say, I'll be responsible for that one. 
Uh, there's nobody saying, listen, I, I go buy them something. I put them up in my house. Don't worry about them. I will provide food and shelter. How many people's in line wanting to do that for you? How many people tonight who are just saying, I want to pay your rent. I want to pay your house note. I want to pay your medical bills. I want to, what do you need? Just tell me, I'll just get it for you. Friend, that's that the world don't care. And so Jesus, our God, is saying tonight that you are born in the world. You are connected to the world. The world's not caring for you. And the world don't even have no eye upon you to even have a pity upon you. He said, well, that's when I saw you. This is the way you were. Talking about Israel. Talking about us. And so nobody was interested in you. And then secondly, the Bible says in verse 5, the Bible says to have compassion upon thee. There's nobody that had compassion for you. There's nobody who had a heartbreak for you. There's nobody tonight who was out there looking for you, chasing you down, searching for you to say, listen, I am coming to help you, to to love you, uh, to cherish you, to provide for you, to take care for you. No. No, the world don't do that. And so God said, when I found you and I saw you, that's just how you were. You're like a baby. Nobody has an eye upon you. Nobody had compassion for you. Then he says, number three, not were you uncaring, they were uncaring of you, and they were unloving for you, but they were, you were unwanted. Look what he says in verse five. It's an interesting statement that Jesus made. He says, but thou wast cast out into the open field. Now, what does that mean? Well, in those days... When your baby was born and it had deformity, you cast your baby in the field. And what would happen in the field would be wild animals that would come and eat the baby. If you had a baby and you didn't want the baby, you'd cast the baby out in the field. If, if the baby that you had was not what you thought that the baby you wanted, uh, then you cast the baby out in the field. And so what God was saying to us and to Israel that when I saw you, you were a little baby, unwanted. You were abandoned. You were just out in the field. And the only thing that was going to happen to you out in the field was the wild animals were just going to eat you up. You were abandoned and you were abandoned by this world. You were abandoned by your mother and your father. You were abandoned by your family, the Canaanites. And you and I tonight are in the same condition. We find that not only were they abandoned, but they were abhorred. Look at the next verse, the next list, the verse, verse 5, the next wording says, to the loathing of thy person. That word loathing means abhorred. They hated this baby. And can I say tonight, the world hates you. It abhors you. I'm talking about in your lost condition. Don't think today that the Republicans love Americans. And don't think the Democrats love Americans. And don't think the independents. And don't think the conservatives. And don't think the liberals. And don't think the moderates. Don't think 
that your local sheriff or your local chief or your local judge or your local mayor or your governor care one flip about you. They don't. And friend, that's just the way when God saw Israel, He saw them at a place where they would withhold. They were despised. They were hated. They were abandoned. They were in a field. Baby, dirty, stinky. They were rejected. They were thrown away. Tonight, can I say, this is the way the Israel was when the Bible says in verse 6, when I passed by thee, I saw thee. I saw thee. He says this thirdly tonight, not only was you born in this world and you were dying in this world, but you were worthless in this world. In the condition that God has described you and me and described Israel, there was no good that could come out of us. We were completely as a baby connected to the world full of dirt and filth. We have been abandoned. We're in the field. We're abhorred. Uh, there's nobody who have, have, has swaddled us. There's nobody who has inspected us. Um, friend, we're out there. We're without. Nobody's caring for us. The next thing that's going to happen to us is we're going to be swept up. We're going to be taken up by the wolves, by the lions. Well, who's the wolves? Well, the Bible says that there's going to be a day whenever they, people will come as the angel of light. What do they say about that? Wolves and sheep's clothing. Yes. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you know the day when God walked by and he saw Israel? Israel was going to be taken up by the devil. And I'm going to tell you something before you got saved and wherever God saw you, you were speaking to be taken up by the devil. The society of this world was going to eat you alive. There's going to be things in your life that was going to take you away from God. But God saw you. God saw me. God saw Israel. And that's the condition that they were in. I'm going to tell you number two. That, uh, that, what, he say, what he said there in verse, let me say this. What he said in verse five, he said, he said in verse six, I'm sorry. And when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. That word polluted means ready to be trodden over. It means to be stomped on. It means to be trampled on. So what God says, when I saw you, you were at the place of just being stepped on, just to be trampled on, just to be traveled on. And friend, I'm telling you tonight, right before Israel was going to be just another piece of dirt on the dirt, they were going to be just another piece of trash on the land, God saw them. God saw them. Number two, now I do, I notice how God saw them but I notice how God saved them. I want you to notice number one concerning how God saved them or saved you. He saved them in their worst. His Bible says there in verse, in verse uh, 6, He says, And when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, 
Live. Capital L. Live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou, hast, when thou wast in thy blood, live. He says it twice. So we find that God is saying that when I saw you, and when I said to you to live that salvation, I saw you in your very worst. You were corrupted. You were in blood. You were trodden over. You were stepped upon. People have disrespected you. People have despised you. People have set you to side. People have said there's no hope for you. People have said, listen, there is no good in you. Uh, there's nothing at all that I like or I want from you. Uh, they have discarded you. They said you're not worth a flip. You're not worth the time. You're not worth the money. How many times, Fred, can you feel lonely? You feel like nobody loved you? You feel like, man, I've done messed my life up? I don't feel like I've done so much sin. I've done did so much iniquity. I've done destroyed all relationships. I've done ruined all the bridges. I don't know where else to go. I don't know where to go. I don't think nobody cares for me anymore. I think I'm going to live alone. I think I'm going to die alone. I'm going to just live unmiserable. I'm going to be unhappy. And friend, that's the mindset of every one of us tonight that's unsaved and born again. But when God saved us tonight, he saved us in the very worst condition, in the worst place that we've ever been in our entire life. Amen. Thank God tonight that not only God saw us, but God saved us. And when he saw us in the very worst place, he saw us in a broken place. He saw us in a dirty place, a helpless place. He saw us in a lonely place. He saw us in a dying place, an outcast place. Yes. So how did he save us? Well, the Bible says he, he saved you in your worst, but then he saved you by his word. Look in verse 6, the Bible says that he said, live. I said unto thee, live. That's all he said. He said unto thee, live, live. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when God began to speak to your heart? And God began to, to move in your life? And, and uh, you wasn't at the very best of your best of those days, I don't believe. Uh, uh, you wasn't at the height of who you are. You wasn't living a sinless life or a righteous life or maybe even an honorable life. Uh, maybe the time when he saw you and he's going to save you tonight, when God looked to you and when you looked up to him, all God would have said to you is live. Right. You're not living. You're existing. You're existing, but you're not living. Oh, you're breathing, and your blood is flowing, and your mind is working, and your heart is beating, and your mouth is working, but you're just existing. You have no purpose. You have no reason. Everything you touch falls. 
You've tried to be happy with drugs and it didn't work. You've tried to be happy with alcohol. That didn't work. You tried to be happy with women and men. That didn't work. You tried to be happy in, in your career and that didn't work. You, you tried to be uh, satisfied and content with all the things that you could gather by the weekly basis. Uh, you, you, try, you tried everything in all the world in order to show yourself to be approved. And boy, it just never worked out. Then finally you come to the place where you're just at the bottom. And God saw you. And God saved you by just saying this, live. Live. That word live means revive. It means restore. It means to renew. It means to recover. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened. That's the same word, quickened. He quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. Ephesians 2, 6 says, And he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Turn your Bibles to Ezekiel 37. This word is used in this chapter as well. Of course, this is a well-known chapter about bones. But let me read it to you, verse, the first ten verses, and then we'll move forward. But this is what God said to you to be saved. And this is what God said to Israel for them to be revived. The Bible says in Ezekiel 37 verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. He caused me to pass by round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry. He said unto me, Son of man, can these these bones live? That's that same word. And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy thou upon these bones, and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Here's the Bible again. Here's the word of God. He says, Thus saith the Lord God unto these stones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. That's that same word. I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. That's that same word. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied there was a noise. Behold a shaking. The the bones come together bone to his bone. And when I beheld and lo the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered upon uh, them above and there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me prophesy unto to the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Same word. And I saw prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. Same word. And stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Can I say to you tonight, the only way that you and I are ever going to be saved is by the word of God. The Bible teaches us in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of uncorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. John 5, 21, For as the Father raises up the, son, the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. 
John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. All I'm saying here tonight is this, when God saw you in your very worst, in your sorriest day, it was him that said to you, By the word of God, live! And you were born again. He breathed the Holy Ghost of God in you. And the Holy Ghost of God indwelt in you. The Holy Ghost of God quickened you. The Holy Ghost of God made you alive unto God. Amen. You were dead in sin. But because of his word tonight, you're now born unto God. We find tonight God saw us, but God saved us. It was for his will, look in verse 7, back into our text. He says, I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxen great. Thou art come excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned. Thine hair is grown, whereas thou was naked and bare. And so we find this this evening, uh, not only was it uh, that you were saved in your worst and by his word, but in his will. That verse 7 describes a young lady that's matured. So you've got to get the progress here. When God found them, they were babes, and you and I were too. But after we get saved, God then begins to grow us up. And now in verse 7, it's not a baby no more. It's a young woman. It's a one who's now, who has matured. You say, how do you know that? Well, by the terminology that was used, I, I, I give it to you. Uh, what he's saying to this, to Israel, what he's saying to you and I is, I have brought you up. I have grown you up. I have matured you up. Talk about the bud of the field. You remember, you was cast out in the field. But I took you in the field, and I now made you bud in the field. <laughs> I grew you up. I made you from a babe who nobody cared and I saved you and I brought you up to be mature. I brought you up to where you can be an adult. He said, so the bud of the field. And then he says this, I increased and waxing great. In other words, you're growing, you're growing up. You're getting smarter, you're getting taller, you're getting bigger, you're getting wiser. He said, then to excellent ornaments. That means that that you have some abilities about you. You have some skills about you. Now, you're not a baby no more. You're now an adult, and you got skills. And then he goes on and says, Thy breast fashioned, meaning that you will come to a full grown, that there's nothing at all that needs to be grown no far for the hair that he mentions has grown. But you were naked and bare, but you know, I took care of that. I saved you. And I brought you up to be an adult, ready, mature, place of, of mindedness. So he says, that was his will. Here thirdly tonight, my last point, not only does God, how he saw you, how he saved you, but I notice how he separated you. I notice in verse 8, the Bible says, he separated you in a time of love. He said, now when I passed by thee, I looked upon thee. Behold, thy time was the time 
of love. The time of love. So when God saw Israel out on the field as a baby, unwanted, uncared for, he went to them and he said, live, and then he grew them up. He said, I did that because I love you. And when God found you, wherever he found you, he grew you up and he said, the reason I did that is because I loved you. That's why he did that. That's what he's saying in verse 8. That everything that I've done as me, what going, that word passing by just means that he was just a one walking through. He was just a traveler. As God was just traveling, all of a sudden he saw Israel. He was just traveling one day and he saw you. He saw you in that condition. He saved you. He grew you up. He said, I did that because I loved you. He did that not because, you, not because there was something that I, that I need from you. It's not because something that you had that I can use in my ministry. God didn't look at you and say, listen, boy, if I can just get you saved, we'll win the world. God didn't say, okay, listen, if I can get that talent, if I can get that skill, if I can just get that individual there, if I can just get them on my team, I can get them on my family, if I can get them in my church, if I can just get them going on my way, man, I tell you what, we will just overcome anything and everything. Hey, God wasn't thinking in those terms. He's looking at you, friend. You're the sorriest it can be. There's absolutely nothing you can offer God tonight. He said, but I loved you. I loved you. I washed you up. I loved you. <laughs> I brought you up. I, I gave you skill. I gave you a mind. I gave you heart. I fully brought you to a place where you can be useful. Brought you to a place where you can have abilities to, to live your life out. And the only reason I did that, according to verse 8, is because I loved you. He has taken you from your parents. That's what he's done. He's taken you from his parents. That's why he took that baby, right? He took that baby. The parents was Hittites and Amorites. When he took that baby, he said, I'm taking him from them, and I'm going to, I'm saving you. I'm taking him from the parents. Tonight, God took you from being a sinner. Amen. Amen? Right. God took you from being a sinner, lost and dying and going to hell. That's what he did. He took you. Number two, he has made you his bride. Amen. That's what he did. In that verse 8, the Bible says, I spread my skirt over thee. That same terminology was used in Ruth. Whenever it was, it was uh, Ruth that went down, went down to Boaz. And Boaz took his skirt and covered up Ruth. You all remember that? And what that was telling Ruth was, now me and Boaz are engaged. And so what God is saying to you and I, he said, hey, I got you down as a babe, and boy, you was pathetic. But then I, I got you raised up, and now you're in, you're in good shape, and everything pretty good. Now, not only is that going to stay right there, but I'm going to make you my bride. I don't take my skirt and cover over you, and now you're my bride. We're engaged. 
And then thirdly, he says, but I'm committed to you, because then he goes on and says in verse 8, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee. And so now I am committed to you to love you and be loyal to you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will be there when you are not. I will be there when you are. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never sleep nor slumber. I am here for all of eternity. Remember this. Lo, the end of the world could come. But be of good cheer. I am with you. And so we find that God makes commitment to us and God makes a commitment of love and loyalty. And he says, listen, you're my bride. I've taken you out of the world. That's what verse 8 says. Woo! I know it's Wednesday night, but man, it's Valentine's. There's something to be excited about, right? We find third or fourthly, and I like this little phrase right here. He says, Saith the Lord God, Thou becamest mine. Thou becamest mine. In other words, he claimed you as his own. Amen. Let's go back for just a moment tonight. Before you were saved, you're like a baby out in the midst of the field that nobody cared for. And dirty, stinky, broken, lonely, and out of cast. Next thing you know, here comes the bypasser Jesus, bypasser God. He looks over in your way, he saw you because of the love that he had in his heart, because of the love that he had within him. He said, oh, I love him. I love them. I love her. And so what does that mean? Oh, that means that he saves you, amen. He raises you up. And then he says, I want a bride. I want to be married. I want to have one that I can be loyal to, that I can love, and that I I could protect and I could provide for them, and that I could call them my own. Hallelujah. Well, the world can't defile and the world can't take away and the devil can't steal. Amen. It's mine and mine for all of eternity. It's mine. It's mine. Oh, it's mine. Hallelujah. And that's the church tonight. Yes. That was Israel back then. We find tonight he separated us. He separated us unto himself. And man, once he separated us, he did some things for us. Look at this. What time is it? Well, I got plenty of time. I want you to notice, not only in a time of love, he separated us, but he separated us in a time of labor. Look at verse 9. He said, then washed. Who's washing here? God's washing. He's laboring. Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee. That's what God did. When God decided that we wanted us to be his bride, when he decided that he was going to make us his own, he said, I'm going to wash you up. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to cleanse you up. I'm going to purge you. I'm going to pardon you. Oh, listen, friend, whenever, whenever anybody would look upon you from the heavenlies, they would see the blood of the Lamb. I'm letting you know right now that you're justified just as if you never sinned before. And, friend, as far as I'm concerned, you're safe for all eternity, and you're holy, and you're perfect in my eye. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> he said, you're cleansed, never to be dirty again. You're cleansed. Never to be pardoned again. You're cleansed. Never to be purged again. 
all of all of eternity, friend. I have, my blood has cleansed and forgiven you and you have been remissed of your sins. No more will you stand in judgment of them. No more will you stand in penalty of them. No more will you pay the price of them. I have on the cross of Calvary. You're clean, you're clean, oh, you're clean. That's what he did. Man, he washed us. Number two, he anointed us. The Bible says there in that verse 9, and I anointed thee with oil. He filled us with His Spirit. He anointed us with the Holy Ghost of God. He indwelt us with Himself. That's what He did. He said, I got you cleansed up. You got, I got all the blood off of you. And you are now one that I can now indwell. And God lives in us. And God, we live in God. And we're going to dwell with God. And God's going to dwell with us. And where God goes, I go. And where, he, where I go, He goes. Amen. We can't be separated. We can't be divided. Everything that I do, He's there. Everything I say, He knows. Everything I think, He realizes. Everywhere I step, He's been there. Nowhere, anywhere can I ever go where God's not because He's in me. That's right. Amen. I anointed you. I empowered you. I gave you the ability to live the Christian life. I gave you the spirit and the power to say no to sin and to say no to temptation. It's me, the spirit of God, that has that ability and that power. I anointed them. Not only did he wash us and he anointed us, but he's so working, isn't he? He clothed us. The Bible says in verse 10, I clothe thee also with the broadened work shod thee with badger skins. I girded thee about with fine linen. I covered thee with silk. I mean, listen, friend, he has clothed us with the robes of righteousness. He has given us a broaded work, a badger skin, a fine linen, and silk. We're not talking about cotton. We're not talking about polyester. We're not talking about something you go buy down at the dollar store. We're not even talking about buying something down at Walmart or even Target. We're not even talking about going down and buying at a linen store today. We're talking about having this material that God has said, I clothe you with. He has clothed us with things tonight that only God could clothe us with tonight. With the finest of material, of the greatest material, of the mightiest material, the material that lasts, the material that's perfect, the material that has no mistakes or imperfections, the material that he put upon our lives tonight is all of eternity and it's holy garments of God. Amen. Yeah. That's what he did. Boy, he's working. He's clothing us. He's washing us. He's anointing us. Why would he do all that? Because he loved us. That's why. Number four, he decked us. You ever heard that term, you're decked out? You ever used that before? No, you ought to. God used it. Man, you're decked out. That means, man, you, you really got it going on, you know what I mean? You ever use the word bougie? No, I don't use that word either. This ain't it. This is decked. Amen? Y'all didn't know I knew that word, did y'all? I actually learned it last week. I want you to notice here in verse 11, 
He says, I deck thee. He said, I deck thee also with ornaments. Now, I want, let's read this and pay attention tonight. If you're not paying attention to anything else, I'll not pay attention to this. Put your glasses on, Sister Edda. Okay. Let's look at verse 11 and verse 12 tonight. And this is what God has not clothed you with, but decked you with. This is extra. You got clothes on tonight, but, some, but you don't have to have jewelry on. Right? You, you don't have to have all that other nonsense on. You could come in here with just, just clothes on, right? But God said, that's not how my people are. Now, I'm going to clothe them in the best. Uh, we're going to go to, was it Saks Fifth Avenue? Yeah, that's where we're going to go and get clothes at. My, my people, uh, they, they decked out. Look what he says. He says, uh, ornaments. I put bracelets upon thy hands chain on thy neck. I put a jewel on their forehead, earrings in thy ears, and a beautiful crown upon their head. Amen. What does that mean to you and I? What does that mean? That means tonight what God has done for us. He has separated us from this world. And tonight in the eyes of other sinners, they may not see it may be invisible to them. But in the eyes of God, in the eyes of His people, we've been decked out. I mean, we have been blessed, hadn't we? I mean, God has been so good to us. I mean, I'm telling you tonight, when you go through all of those two verses and you see all the things that are put on there, friend, that's a blessing. Nobody, I promise you, nobody in that land had that on. There wasn't a Canaanite, Hittite, Gerasite, or any other ite that had that on. I promise you there wasn't a clothing in all of the tribes of all of the ites in that land of that day. Ever did they ever wear those kind of clothing. Nobody did. But who did? God's people did. Because God separated them and said, you know what, I'm going to make you different. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you more than you ever thought that you could have. And I'm going to make you more than you ever thought you can be. And I'm going to make you do more than you ever thought you could do. He said, I'm going to deck you out. I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to honor you by putting on that jewelry, putting you on that crown on your head. So what God is trying to describe to us tonight is this, is that we're somebody. Man, we were nobody out in the field one day. Things would be eaten by wolves. He saw us. He saved us. He separated us. And today, 2024, man, we're somebody. Now, the world don't see the crowns we wear. The world don't see the jewelry we got on. The world don't see we're decked out. The world don't see that we're covered with badger skins and with, with ornaments. The world don't see that. But, friend, we walk out here, friend, in the God of this world who's the devil amongst the children of the devil and speaking about the devil and the things of the devil. But we're walking in royalty. Man, we're walking, man, decked out, friend. Listen, we got some things going on. We got it going on today, amen. You don't call it bougie, no. But you call it royalty. I mean, I'm telling you, friend, everything in the world is right here at our fingertips. Everything tonight that we can need, he can give it. 
We're not walking around here like we're slaves. We're not walking around here like we're paupers. We're not walking around here like we're, we're dead to the world. We're not walking around here like, like the devil's got us like a slave tonight. We're not walking around here tonight being upholding to our sins and upholding to our, our, uh, the places where we get uh, maybe, maybe somebody trying to bring something upon us to get us to do something wrong. Listen, we're, we're not at all in that friend. We're walking around with the clothing, with the washing, with the anointing, with the decking. Hey, we're above and beyond. Happy Valentine's, Lord. He loved us. He loved us. He valued us. He brought us worth. Can you imagine verse 11 and 12 after you get all that on there, how much you're worth? Can you imagine that? If you're out in a baby, you're naked and you're bare and you ain't, you ain't worth nothing. Oh, but you get saved. You worth something. Anybody hate you? Yeah. I mean, all that stuff on there. You get, you're worth something. But not only do you have some honors of value there, uh, but your friend, you're uplifted there. I mean, you look great. You've done great. You were great. God provides the finest for you, the highest, the greatest, the richest. I mean, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't at all do anything for him in the, in the Chinese make. It's always in the the best make. So tonight, I just want you to know tonight in the way of separating you that God's done a work. He's done a work on you. And tonight, what you are is because of the work He's done in you. Who you are is because of what He's done for you. All the things He's washed us with, anointed with, clothed us, and decked us with, it's Him. It's His work. I cannot and you cannot boast at all tonight. If somebody says, boy, you sure are kind, you say, boy, I wasn't like that before I was saying. You sure are loving. You should have knew, knew me before I was born again. <laughs> you say, man, I tell you what, you sure got a soft heart. Oh, boy, you didn't know me before. See, all these ornaments, all this jewelry, all these crowns, that's what we have tonight. Be conformed to the image of Christ, to have his attributes, to have his character. That's what happened to us. Oh, my. He said, I did all this labor for you. And then here lastly tonight, not only in a time of love, but in a time of labor. But verse 14, and we'll close, in a time of legacy. The Bible says in verse 14, he says, And the renown, that means the fame, the fame went forth among the heathen. So the renown, the fame of these Israelites who were all decked out, all clothed, anointed and washed, nobody's seen anything like that before. Now it's all over. The heathen's noticing it. He said, Thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty. Man, you're the most beautiful thing in all the world. Did you know that, child of God? Amen. Did you know you're the most beautiful of all the world? That's right. You say, I thought that, I thought that guy on that G-O or G-I, what's that magazine? GQ. Well, that was close. GQ. I thought he was the most handsome guy in the world. I've on the SI. What's that SI, right? 
No, it ain't SI. What's Sports Illustrated? Isn't that SI? You don't know? I know, I know. It's SI. And they got that swimsuit edition of all those girls in that SI. You know what I'm talking about? I know you guys. Come on now. I thought that was the most beautiful women. God said, you know who's the most beautiful? Those that I save. Those that I deck out. Those that I clothe. And those that I anoint. And those that I wash. You make the beauty of all my creations is those that are saved. You know why it makes us beautiful? Look what he says there. He says because of what he did, his comeliness. Let's finish this, the verse. The Bible says in verse 14, For it was perfect, that means whole through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. That word comeliness there means, it means beauty and honor and glory. And what God said to the children of Israel and what he says to you and I tonight that are saved, he said, I have put my glory on you. I've put my honor on you. And I have put my beauty on you. And because I have done that, the world will notice how beautiful you are. A lot of people look at beauty on the outside. But friend, you can be uglier than an old dirty stick and be saved and God said you're the most beautiful I've ever seen. You've heard this all the time I guess it ain't the outside of the beauty that matters it's the inside. Right Right? God judges on the don't judge us on the outer appearance he judges on the end. Bible talks about beauty just being for a while you won't always be beautiful. But if you get saved in the eyes of God and amongst the world tonight, you'll be beautiful. Amen. You know why? Because whether you go to work, whether you go to church, or whether you're at home, if the comeliness of God is upon you, Jesus Christ is in you, you'll be a beautiful person. Because you'll walk in with grace. You'll have forgiveness. You'll manifest mercy. Yes. You'll have long-suffering. You'll be gentle. You'll be kind. See, these are all the things that are placed upon them, like ornaments and jewels. This is it. And somebody will look at you and say, man, don't you ever lose your temper? Don't you ever say a cuss word? I mean, don't you ever just seem to, to you know, that just, I've got it. I'm done. I quit. Don't you ever get like that? Man, every time I talk to you, it's just, you're just kind and, and you're just loving and, and you just, you just, you're just different. Mm-hmm. That's beauty. That and it's because of the comeliness that God has put on his and it was his comeliness. Mm-hmm. Can I say to you tonight, happy Valentine's Day. The Lord tonight, God has said, because I love you. Amen. I saw you. Saved you, separated you. Tonight, God says, I love you. Tonight, I'd ask you to leave out of this church 
and go to your places and know that you're full of honor and beauty and glory. Because God saw you, saved you, separated you, and he has put his comeliness upon you so that the heathen, the world, may see God in you and Christ dwelling in you. That's beautiful. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. I, I've been encouraged. I believe tonight we are just come praise him for all that he is and all he's done. He says he loves you. You know what the response of most people when somebody says, I love you? You know what that response is? I love you too. It ought to be tonight what you're responding to God tonight is I love you too. I love you too. There's some come to the altar tonight. Would you come? Lay out tonight in the way of homage. With a heart tonight thanking God for what he's done for you. How he saved you. Separated you. How he's done so many wonderful things for you. God's been good to you. He brought you to a place of honor, a place of value. How about you tonight? Maybe you're here tonight, you're not even saved. You haven't been born again. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Won't you come tonight and I take the Word of God to show you how to be saved? Come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. To be able to look to God tonight and say, God, I love you because you first loved me. Anybody like that tonight? You come. You come. Oh, Lord, what a wonderful God you are. What a wonderful Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. They're praying tonight. You, you just pray with them. You come down if you like. Pray at your, where you're at. Standing, not kneeling. However, you just get a hold of God tonight. It's a time of thankfulness tonight. It's a time of gratitude. The worship of